Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining me today. Today, we have an awesome topic, an awesome guest. It is the Critical Mile with Saad Shazad. How's it going, Shazad? I mean, Shazad, how's it going, Saad? I love it. I just it, like your last it. name so much. I'm sorry. I just kind of get carried away. That's okay. We're, we're going to have a little bloopers reel after the <laughs> podcast here. So this is going to go well. Joey, thank you so much for having me on the show. It has been a pleasure getting to meet you over the last couple of weeks and uh, looking forward to telling your audience about time critical shipments, the critical mile, and what some of the challenges are for our customers. Right. You know, it's, it's always interesting to me is when companies like yours, and we've had this conversation, and I really have enjoyed meeting you and uh, your team. It's interesting to me is there's always every few months, there's something brand new where I go, oh, I didn't know. I just didn't know. And um, last year, it was all of a sudden visibility over the ocean. And I think we're going to talk about visibility in the air. And it's always something where I just go, well, you hear something over, like I've heard visibility about 50 people in a row want to talk about visibility over the road. And I was like, that's kind of like electricity. <laughs> no big deal now. We all have it. <laughs> we keep talking about it. <laughs> but, but I think we're going to talk about it in the air. But before we get to all that, um, Saad, please introduce yourself and your company. Absolutely. So my name, as Joey was saying, is Saad. Shazad, I know you like my last name, so I'm going to say it with a little <laughs> bit of gusto here. Uh, I am the Chief Revenue Officer at Airspace. We are a time-critical shipments company. We have proprietary technology that enables us to deliver the best service in this space. Very nice, very nice. So tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? And give us some, some of your career highlights so we uh, get, understand your background. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, was born and raised in Pakistan. My family immigrated here to the U.S. Uh, when I was a teenager and I went to high school here in the U.S. I went to college at University of Southern California. I am a very proud Trojan alumni. All right. I had a phenomenal experience there. I studied finance. And uh, because of that, I ended up going into investment banking Worked at Goldman Sachs uh, for about five years as an investment banker, advising some of the largest corporations in the world on corporate finance work, on mergers and acquisitions, uh, on things around capital markets. I realized, Joey, that I was more envious of the people sitting across the table, <laughs> folks who we were advising. And so I wanted to go on that journey. And the path that I took was move from the bank to a venture capital fund. I joined Norwest Venture Partners. It was 25 of us managing $7 billion and investing in China, in India, and companies here in the US. One of the companies that we were looking to invest in made me an offer to come join them, and I jumped on it. Uh, it was the first opportunity that I got to go be an entrepreneur. It was a cloud server and cloud storage company. We grew it really nicely. We ended up selling it. I then joined an HR technology company in Silicon Valley. And, you know, as I was uh, growing up in the technology sector, I really uh, got some good advice that, look, if you want to build a long career here in technology, 
it would be good to go and spend some years and almost earn a badge in Silicon Valley, right? Which is the Mecca of, of the technology world right. here. And this is often what I call my MBA. We uh, grew the business from a handful of customers when I joined to over 100,000 B2B customers that were using Gusto's HR technology. And we created a lot of value along the way for a number of stakeholders. I then was getting ready to move to Los Angeles where I had lived and my family was. And I remember my mentor calling me and saying, hey, there's a storage company in Los Angeles. You, you've got to talk to them. I said, this is perfect. The first startup that I was a part of was cloud storage. He's like, no, 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 dude. I'm, I'm talking physical storage, <laughs> real storage, <laughs> boxes, pallets. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. This, this doesn't make any sense to me. I come from right. the software world. So had an incredible ride at Clutter Logistics for the last six years. You know, we um, over those six years, we raised about $500 million from some of the leading investors in the world, including Sequoia Capital and SoftBank. Wow. We operate about 3 million square feet of warehouses. And Joey, as you know, and as your audience knows, it is a good time to be in logistics. Uh, it's chaos for sure. Oh, especially but, out, especially out, out on the West Coast. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we've we've heard that uh, you can't get a container into Long Beach unless your name starts with Walmart right now. And so it's, you know, it's it's very, very tough out there. As as I'm sure your audience also knows, the average rate to get a container into the into the port of Long Beach has gone up from five X from about three thousand dollars right. two years ago to fifteen thousand dollars today. Uh, it is just uh, you know, it's it, it's crazy. But being a logistics provider you're kind of on the right side of that equation uh, currently. Right. So when when did you join Airspace? Yeah. So I, I joined about a month ago. So I you know I'm, I'm one of the the newest members of the team here, and the opportunity was brought to me by one of my friends who is an investor in the company, and he'd mentioned that the business needed a revenue leader to come in and really help integrate the revenue functions and set the business up for scale, right? The, the company is doubling every year. We are uh, growing like wildfire. And oftentimes what happens, right? If you don't have the right processes in place, if you don't have the right structure around the people and the org design and the right. product development work that you're doing, you're kind of building this rocket ship, right? And, and, and the way that I've explained it before is if you don't build that engine correctly, you, you might launch, but that <laughs> rocket is not hitting orbit. Right. It's not going to reach orbit. And so you might be going horizontal. <laughs> that's right, man. So my you know, my uh, role here is very much focused on as we kind of hit that red launch button. We want to make sure that all the components of our rocket are built well enough and have been tested enough so that we can actually reach orbit here. So what made you join Airspace? It sounds like you've had some choices in this world. So what uh, what made you what was interesting about the Airspace story? Yeah, look at, you know, it's the way that I've um, I've approached every company that I've joined and and I would hope that your audience kind of uses or, or, or can at least leverage the framework that I've created. Joey, for me, it all starts with the team. Life is short. And, you know, I spend more time with folks at work than I do with my family. And right. because of that, you have to be very thoughtful with how and who you choose to spend your time with. So it started with the team. The team here is the best I can describe it is very high IQ. But oftentimes when you get high IQ, you don't get high EQ. And for me, both are equally important. Right. 
Yeah, it's very interesting when you look at the space. So you mentioned warehousing, and and you're from when you hear storage, your first thought is cloud storage, right? And what's interesting to me, I've said this many times on my podcast, is when you think of warehousing and trucking and you know shipping stuff over the ocean, this was the lowest of the low tech for so long, and you know, quite frankly, a generation ago, you wouldn't be in this business. I probably wouldn't be in this business. It, it all of a sudden became a, a space that was ripe for transformation. And it's it's also interesting to see, we see uh, right now, there's always this, the guys who have been doing it for 25 years, like, well, let's bring up freight brokerage. And you go, yeah, we've always been doing it this way. And then you bring the, you know, the Silicon Valley guys or wherever they might be, the, the startups that are digital focused. And man, it's like a, a, a collision of cultures, you know, where you, and yeah. and now I see a lot of people who are both, you know, operators in the old school sense of it, and also tech guys, and that's exciting because I and I think that's where we're seeing, you know, these the industry going because it's not going to be all hey, uh, a whole bunch of Silicon Valley VC companies with no operational uh, skill. That's not going to work for long, and it's not going to be the old guys who say, hey, I don't have tech, but we know how to <laughs> we know how to move freight. It's going to be both. That that's exactly right, Joey. Neither end of the spectrum is good, right? And you need right. the balance of technology and the innovation with the experience and know how of how logistics works. And you know, as I think about the team, right at uh, Airspace, we've got a pretty healthy balance of folks that have grown up in Silicon Valley that come from that technology world. You know, for example, we talk a lot at Airspace about artificial intelligence and machine learning. And those are two phenomenal concepts that we'll talk about, right? How, how do we leverage right. those concepts to, to make time critical shipments more reliable, right? More accurate. Right. But you kind of, you, you get to this part where you, you, you don't want to try to fit a circle in a square, right? It, it becomes right. really, really complicated. And so if we didn't have the industry veterans, I think at our leadership team, we've got over 50 years of combined logistics experience. You know, our CEO right. has spent time at Amazon. Um, our CFO is coming from XOS Trucking, and it's you need that balance, which brings me to the second right. point, right? Of, of why did I join Airspace? It's the product. The people are great, right? But the technology is ten times better than anything else that I have seen out there in the space. And I think when you combine nice. great product with great people, is when magic can happen. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm going to switch gears here. So today's podcast is called The Critical Mile. And this is a term you kept using when we were prepping for this. So what do you mean by the critical mile? You know, we all know last mile or final mile, first mile. I've never heard critical mile until I was talking to you guys. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's something that we um, were really pioneering and, and bringing to the world. And Joey, as you said, Everyone has known this concept. And I think probably between first, middle, last mile is probably best known because that is what really impacts our day-to-day lives, right? Whether it's ordering something from Amazon or ordering something from Instacart, right? Uh, or trying to get that FedEx package, you're really, really thoughtful right. about, about the last mile. We think of the critical mile as overlaying any one of those categories. So if you have a shipment that is mission critical, right? If it's an organ that is being used for a transplant surgery, or it's a part that needs to be delivered to an airplane that has been grounded and you're losing hundreds of thousands of dollars every hour. I was on that plane. <laughs> exactly, right? And, and we're all trying to get somewhere. And 
you know, if, if we can be a small part of, of making the world run faster, run smoother, you know, we, we love that. And so we define the critical mile as it can be the first mile, right? We could be taking something from door to port. It could also be the middle mile. It could also be the last mile, but it's the most critical component of that shipment. So um, it has to get there. It has to get there very reliably, very accurately. And that's the component of, of transportation that we own. Right. So you guys are called airspace. So I'm assuming that solution <laughs> has an uh, uh, an air element. Am I correct? Yeah, it's exactly right. So, you know, we talk a lot about our North Star being on the air. And as we think about our technology, the value proposition we bring to our customers, where we can best serve them is when you're looking to get something moved over a distance that will generally require some sort of an uh, an airplane, right? So we, whether it's a cargo that right. you're loading up, um, but yeah, it typically requires something to move either intercontinentally, right? Or even if it's moving between countries, uh, oftentimes the fastest path is to get it on a plane, which historically right. has been, you know, very, very difficult and very manual. Right. Yeah. So that was one of the things. So I can speak from my own experience. So I used to be uh, the general manager COO of, of a logistics company. And I remember we had to expedite. It was during automotive launch launch season. And I remember having to expedite stuff to, um, oh, I don't even remember which company it was. It doesn't matter. And I always remember it was the middle of the night and I was actually, this was a, this was a dumb thing I did. I said, I want the phones to come to my, my, my house. Cause I want to understand what that night night shift feels like. It, it doesn't feel good, but I remember having to expedite a lot of stuff. And one of the things that uh, I learned was some of the stuff we expedited was going by plane. And when we were talking offline, I said, you know, that's, that's one of the things where they would drive it to the airport and I just go, that was it. Drove to the airport. Hopefully in a few hours, I hear from somebody and they say, your plane landed. And uh, we took those parts in our, uh, in our truck and we're delivering them to the plant. But it just disappeared. It got to the airport. I mean, and it's funny because those are mission critical. Those were auto, if if you shut down an automotive plant, it is millions and millions of dollars, and they don't mind telling you that over and over again. And and so when they would call and say, "Did you expedite that?" Yeah, it's on its way. Well, when's it going to be here? Um, well, I guess they drove it to the airport. Well, when's it going to get here? Uh, well, can I call you back in a few hours? <laughs> it's not the right answer ever to say your critical parts. I will give you an update in a few hours. It's never the right answer. You no, know, it's it's mind blowing to me, right? I have better visibility on the diapers that I'm ordering for my newborn baby using Amazon or the Domino's pizza <laughs> that I'm trying to eat at night. Right. Excellent pizza, by the way. <laughs> and, you know, you've got these, these, these packages, right? These parcels that can be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Right. And you're basically taking them to an airport and you're kind of crossing your fingers and you're hoping, right? Hope is the word you right. use. Hope is not a strategy. And you, right. you have to be able to give people better visibility. And what we, what, you know, airspace is doing, and honestly, what a lot of our customers are craving is that visibility while the modes of transportation are changing while something is sitting in an right. airplane because oftentimes on the receiving end, whether you're working in a factory with a plant that's down or you're working with some surgical instruments and you're about to do a transplant surgery, there's a whole cascading of events that need to happen when this mission critical part gets to its destination. So knowing that, or even if there's a 30 minute delay, 
and getting that proactive communication is right. extraordinarily helpful for our customers. So, so do you, so you guys have visibility in the air? So if I say I dropped that off at the airport, you can tell me this is when, this is my new ETA? That's correct. Very nice. I know we just got that over the ocean in the last time. I, I think probably a year ago, a year and a half ago, people started saying we have visibility over the ocean, which we never did. We always had that, you know, it's going to get to port when it gets to port and we'll unlo- unload it when we unload it. And you really never had a sense for it. So it's cool. We have visibility because we have that visibility and we take it for granted on truckload. But then again, that's from point A to point B on a truck that we put a sensor on. That exactly. was easy. It, you know, Joey, it's, it's, it goes even beyond that, right? Like we, um, one of the most common uh, mistakes that our, our customers talked to us about is failure to load on the airplane. So your package actually made it to the, to the airport and it just wasn't loaded oh, on the God. plane, right? And one of the things that our technology can prevent is exactly that. And, you know, it's everyone's trying to do good work, right? Whether it's the, the crew that's working that day at the airport, the airline, the logistics team at the customer, but mistakes happen. And our technology right. prevents these type of mistakes uh, by, you know, making sure that we're scanning QR codes, making sure that we have very tight chain of custody, uh, making sure that we have tracking devices and packages that tell us problem, right? The, 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 the POD is saying that it's getting... Um, uh, onto the plane, right, or, or, or whatever the right document is, but our technology is telling us that it's not. And so we flag these alerts, right. and we've got this phenomenal 24-7 operations team that then is reaching out, right? We have relationships with all of the airlines that we work with, our carrier partners, and we're flagging these issues to them right. sooner. And, and oftentimes, what you realize in logistics, it's the beast, there's going to be delays, right? There's traffic, there's weather right. patterns, there's human error. That's going to happen. And, and airspace doesn't claim that right. we can do things perfectly. I don't think anyone can. However, it's all about building technology that is preventative and that can flag proactive communication to our customers. Right. That's what we focus on. Right. So do you track planes or are you tracking packages within the plane? Or both. <laughs> so, so we could do both, right? Depending on, um, so for example, we've got specific technology that we call AirTrace, which can track that package wherever it's moving, right? And it can not only track the package, but offer right. additional data like humidity and temperature, right? Which can, which for certain of our customers in the healthcare oh, sector, yeah. especially around cold chain, right? That that kind of stuff becomes very, very powerful, right. but our technology can also just plug in and monitor the airline as it's, uh, as it's moving across its path. Right. Well, I like getting that context, especially on the cold chain stuff, critically important for the vaccines at this point. Hopefully, hopefully we'll come up with vaccines that don't require it to be super cold, but at right now they have to stay cold and there's always going to be medicines. There's always going to be things that have to stay super cold. And it's nice to know that I can measure not only where it's at, but the context. Is it is it safe? And also, you know, when you say it's moving, I like what you said earlier. I can tell you whether it's moving or if it's not moving, right? So if you say, I haven't seen my package move in two hours, that plane leaves in a, in, in a half hour, please confirm it's on. Exactly. <laughs> right, right. The flip side of it is, you know, you've got a flight that call it is five hours and you don't want to wait till the flight has landed and it's been, the cargo has been unloaded for you to say, Oh, whoops. No, the package didn't make it. Right. If you're able to catch that hours in advance, 
Now you've got an actionable insight. You can now right. get you know our driver to take that package Plan B. To a different. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So you mentioned you mentioned uh, AI and ML, so artificial intelligence, machine learning. How do you guys use that for this part of the solution? Yeah. So you know, um, if you step back, right, and you you kind of think about the logistical complexity, Joey, that exists on. Let's just say you're trying to move a package from Los Angeles to Boston. How many permutations do you think can take place to move a package <laughs> from LA to Boston? What do you think, Joey? Well, uh, let's throw, throw, throw this out there. So I'm assuming it's going to be picked up there. So the truck has a whole bunch of potential problems, right? Routing issues, jams, yep. picked up or not. And then the then boarding has its own challenges. Yep. Uh, flying has its challenges. So weather is in there. Then you got the same problem in Boston. So I don't know, 25 or no, no, let me say 50 different problem scenarios. I'm probably I, way under. <laughs> you, you are way under, but I'm so glad you are way under because it gives me an opportunity to shine as we talk about our, our, our artificial intelligence <laughs> and the machine learning component. There are 180 million potential things, potential <laughs> paths that you can take from Los Angeles to Boston, right? And if you think about it, the, the, just, just a little, a little bit off, off. Jerry, but it makes sense, right? <laughs> LA has got multiple airports. So you can fly out of LAX, you can fly out of Burbank, right? You could you could go down to Carlsbad, right? There's there's um, there's Santa Monica Airport. There is also different modes of transportation here. You could take trains. You could take a flight all the way from LA to Boston, which by the way, also has multiple airports. Or you can take a plane to New York and then take the train down to Boston. So the human mind just does not have the processing capability to take a look at right. all those different permutations and say, the ideal path is this, right? And, and we uh, took a survey with our right. customers and we said, hey, how much effort did it take you to, to book a time critical shipment before you were working with Airspace? And they said, Oh, well, you know, probably somewhere around 22 phone calls is the average response from, from our customer. And, wow. you know, <laughs> these folks, right, they, these folks are logistics experts, but they are also consumers. And they're, in their personal experience, they may have used Uber. They may have used DoorDash. They're probably customers of Amazon. They have other right. tools in their business today that are much better, much tech, you know, more tech savvy. So they are craving a better right. solution. No one comes to work saying, I am looking forward right. to making 22 phone calls today, right? This is, this is going to be great. So right. what our technology yeah. does is the second that you come into our platform and you say, I need to move something from LA to Boston, we give you the options for a few filters. We say, would you like the fastest path possible? Would you like the most economical path possible? And our technology will very quickly look at all the different airplanes, right, that are running, all the different trains, all the different trucks, all the different drivers that we have available, and will furthermore add things like traffic patterns. So we know that if you were trying to get from uh, a package from downtown Boston at 5 p.m. to the airport, good luck. There's going to be big traffic delays right. or weather patterns, right? We also will integrate with airline data to be able to understand that this one particular flight is 20% probability of a delay. And so our system in 30 right. seconds calculates all the different paths, 
based on the filters that you say, it will optimize the path for you. It will visually show you what path we're recommending, right? Is it just one mode? Is it changing modes of transportation? And with a click of a button right. and not 22 phone calls within 30 seconds, what used to take you four hours, order booked. Right, right. You know, it's, it's interesting when I talk about transportation logistics, I've always said this, it is simple, <laughs> not easy. And what I mean by that is it's simple. You pick it up here and you drop it off here and there's a drop off here. And so the perfect scenario is great. It just, to your point, it doesn't always happen. So you, it's nice to have AI. And again, the nice thing about AI is it's always learning and it doesn't have human biases. It doesn't, and it doesn't quit and go down the street and take its knowledge elsewhere. Um, not yet. Uh, not yet. I would not be surprised if AI is not looking around. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Joey, you know, to, to your point, a lot of our customers say, hey, we've had really bad experience with, and I'm going to pick on Delta Airlines, right? And it, it's actually a good airline. It's one of our awesome partners. That's so my I'll, favorite. <laughs> I'll, I'll pick on them. And they say, you know what? Every time that we have a Delta Airline flight, it's gone wrong. So our technology is smart. You have the ability to tell us preferences programmatically. You right. can say, I never want to take Delta Airlines. And then as we are going through the different permutations, right, we're going to make right. sure that we don't put you on a Delta Airline flight. Right, right. You know, it's 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 also interesting when you start to look at like stuff like COVID. So we had COVID hit and then we had the vaccine, the massive development program. And then it was interesting. I heard the CDC say, Here's how we're going to roll it out. And they said something that was really not realistic for the logistics industry to move. So it's easy to say, I want this much. We need this much. But it doesn't necessarily mean we have that much. And it, even if we had that much vaccine, can we move it? But what's interesting is we also saw the supply chain change. The, we saw logistics companies change. And what's interesting to me about AI is day one, it, it started getting new data on, hey, look, there's a shortage of, of trucks in Boston. There's not a problem as much in LA. This airline's doing better. The other, this one lost more pilots. This one's diverted their, their fleet elsewhere. It probably within a few days has more knowledge than I will ever have on, on that route. And that's what's cool about AI. And again, it's not biased. It's not walking in saying, I think this could be a problem. It's, it doesn't right. care. It just says, we are going to figure out the right route. I love it. So I want to talk about this. So we talked first off this process right now, if you know, not using technology, it's extremely manual. As you said, 22 phone calls. Then the yep. second big problem is there's this tremendous lack of visibility. And again, I've lived that. It sucks. <laughs> I mean, because it's mission critical. And I, I, can you imagine if you had a, a loved one who was waiting on lungs or a heart or some thing, and somebody says, yeah, that it got on a flight. Hopefully everything's good. I'll give you a call in an hour or two. Oh, yep. fine. That's that's exactly. Don't give me an ETA. Call me in an hour or two. Tell me the ETA. That that sounds good. And then um, one other thing I want to talk about, because when we talked about prepping, you talked about lack of uh, transparency, especially along pricing and accessorials. Yep. And there's always these unforeseen. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, you know, it's um, I know as we've kind of uh, spoken to a lot of our customers, we get a perspective from them on how all, there's a bunch of shipments that have gone wrong. Um, you know, the proactive communication is not really there. The lack of visibility we spoke about. But the other component that folks have complained about is lack of transparency around pricing. 
and you know you'll get quoted a rate but by the time that you get your full invoice that rate is completely different right and you have all sorts of accessorial charges that are getting hit and again just think of yourself right not as a as a business user and and but even right. as a consumer you kind of that that doesn't really sit well right like you don't you don't no. want to be told that you're going to be charged x amount but then by the time you're getting in invoice you're getting a y amount and right. one of the things that we are able to do is guarantee the quote and because of our technology right. because of our system having a deeper understanding of all the different components right from the drivers to the airlines to um, you know wait times etc we will stand behind our quote and we you know what what you kind yep. of see up front is what you're going to pay and um, right it's one of the things that we are seeing uh, our customers crave and i think that the logistics industry probably you know wrongfully has gotten this reputation that they tend to nickel and dime their customers and right. you know logistics is expensive right like historically it has been a lower margin business but i think when you implement a layer of technology you have more margin when you implement a layer of technology that helps you understand how something is going to move throughout the chain you can actually stand by the pricing and people love that that right. predictability right no surprises are, are is, right. is honestly something that people say we we often get feedback on right. wow like that that was simple Right. You know, you think about this, you mentioned Amazon and we, we, we all have gotten very spoiled with the consumer, our consumer life, Amazon, yep. DoorDash, all these, just envision if you said, Hey, I ordered uh, a sweater on Amazon and they said, it's uh, it's, you know, $80 and free shipping. And then later on it said, Oh, sorry, sorry, Saad, that's free shipping except to your zip code. Uh, it's an extra uh, $30 to deliver to your zip. <laughs> and you go, Wait a sec, where'd that come from, right? And we do that all the time. And I always see, say the same thing. And it's, it's, it's been a problem and I think it's going away. We build distrust into the system by saying our pricing is open to complexity, open to challenges. So I always say, what you, what you quote me, my invoice is going to be the same. Other, otherwise, you better be able to prove to me that I didn't tell you something. If I didn't tell you, that I needed a lift gate. If I didn't tell you that I needed blank, that's fine. But it's also your job as the provider to educate me and make sure you ask me the right questions. So I want that, that, that quote and that invoice to be the same, or we should discuss why not and why for sure it won't be wrong next time. Yeah. And you know, all the a stepping lot of the, off my soapbox, <laughs> <laughs> I keep, please keep preaching. I, I, I love this. I think that, um, you know, as we talk to a lot of our logistics buyers, right, who are, are working at these large uh, global brands that we we um, we service, they are trying to do the right thing, Joey. They're you know, it's not like they're responsible with company funds or they don't really care. They they really do want to do the right thing. And so I think for them, it is very surprising when, you know, their finance teams come down after the month is over and they're like, hey, how much did you spend? You spent four hundred thousand dollars on expedited shipping last month. You know what what's going on right and we one we empower our users to talk about the return on the investment right yes we we spent four hundred thousand dollars in expedited shipping last month but that's that's not the full question right the full question should be what's the right. value that was generated by doing that well we we prevented a plant closure which would have cost us 14 million dollars right. right so now the four hundred thousand isn't looking as as bad but because we're able to offer that predictability, we are creating 
a stronger bond between the logistics teams that our customers and their finance teams. Because right. ultimately, and we say this all the time at Airspace, we are in the business of selling trust. And when right. you do the kind of bait and switch on pricing, there right. goes your credibility. There, there right. goes that trust. Yeah. I used to sit when I was still running a third party logistics company, I would always say, I'm a big believer in cost, some sort of cost metrics, some KPIs, right? Whether what cost per mile, cost per pound, whatever it might be. Yeah. And when it came to expedites, people go, well, why don't you have that? And I said, well, because expedites, it's, it's very unpredictable. I don't want to, I don't want to tie myself to being the lowest cost because it's critical. So I think what happens sometimes, and I'm not saying everybody does this. It's just, I think the nature of it is, Hey, Saad really, really needs this. And he is not going to bitch if it's about 20% higher. And that's going to make up for the last shipment that I didn't make as much on. And that's, that's one of the challenges. I think, and I think a lot of shippers also look the other way on the cost. It's like, oh, it was an expedite. I didn't have any choice. I didn't have a lot of options. And yep. so I will get, I will get beat up a little bit on price for every expedite. It's my own fault. And I just live with the, and, and that's wrong. We should be able to expedite and not say, boy, did I get killed on this one. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, you take that a leg further, Joey, and you're like, okay, cool. Well, I booked the expedited uh, service. I I know I'm going to be paying a lot here to do this. And it didn't get there on time. Right. And, and that's where you kind of have your double whammy. And, and that's where people should be asking the right question on why are we spending so much money without the visibility, without the pricing transparency, and without the accuracy of this stuff actually getting there when you told right. us it's going to get there. Right. Right, exactly. So, Saad, please summarize this. Put a put a bow on this bad boy, and then I want to hear a little bit more what's going on over at Airspace. Got it. So, you know, let me let me put a let me attempt Joey at putting a bow on this. Uh, my wife <laughs> always tells me I'm terrible. She never lets me uh, do the gift wrapping <laughs> in our household. As we now we have two two young girls, so most of my social. I think calendar, I, I think I heard one of your young girls. <laughs> I, I think you may you? have. I, and I do apologize, but th that's a reality of the work from home life. I've got a newborn, yes. Joey. We, we are very blessed, uh, but we've got nothing but just birthday parties uh, on, on weekends. That, that is what we do. So look, <laughs> let me attempt putting a bow on it. What are the problems that our customers face? And if, if you know, hopefully your audience is, is kind of relating to some of this. There's a massive amount of logistical complexity. That's one, right? 180 million right. routes. How do you pick the best right. one? The right. second is there's massive amount of outdated tools. There's a lot of manual processes across even an expedited supply chain. Right. And the third right. is lack of visibility. Fourth, right, being the lack of transparency. And I think that your audience should be looking at tech enabled services that have built their own technology that have real time tracking that can guarantee the speed with accuracy and charge you exactly what they said they were going to charge you. It's not a whole lot to ask. Yep. And you're, put, you're basically bringing the, the tools and the tech and, and the reliability that we see that we've, we're used to on the consumer side of our life. And we're used to on the over the road stuff and you're bringing it to the air. And that's, that's what we all want. I mean, cause again, that, that is the ocean was one of those things where we said, yeah, I'm, I'm fine over the road, but once it gets on the boat, I'm, I'm out of it. And then we said the same thing with air. One other thing, when we were prepping, you talked about this idea of the alternative 
uh, supply chain. I know we did, I didn't ask that while we were doing the interview, but tell me, what is that? Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we were talking a little bit of, in the beginning of this podcast on if your name doesn't start with Walmart, your ability to secure capacity, <laughs> forget paying $15,000, you can offer to pay $25,000. And the vessel operators are just saying, sorry, we don't have the containers, right? We just, we simply don't have the capacity. It's not a question of price anymore. And because of things like that, right, historically, uh, shipping stuff over ocean has been cheaper than flying it over air. Right. <laughs> and one of the things that you're starting to see from our customers is, yes, there's time critical shipments, but then you're seeing a lot of volume shift from the ocean to the air, 40% month over month increase in May for, uh, for air cargo, because customers are saying, I need to maintain my right. end customer relationship or the retailers that I'm selling through like a Costco, Target, Amazon, they are going to penalize me if I don't have the inventory right. when you know the end buyer wants to purchase something. Right. So I don't care about the cost. Go ahead and ship it over here. But look, when you're paying $15,000 a container over the ocean, all of a sudden air freight starts, <laughs> starts seeming right. pretty reasonable. Yeah, Saad, when I, I told you the story, when I was still working in automotive, I was launching a product in China or Thailand, I forgot which, and we air freighted a ton of parts over by air. And so somebody demanded, you know, they ran down and saw, and, and so I was within Chrysler's building, and they said, you must come to the logistics meeting and explain yourself, because there was this much air freight and you approved it. And I was like, and I looked at the um, the customer, which was Chrysler, and he said, you don't have to answer for that. You have to answer if you don't launch. <laughs> and, and that was that was it. That was so if you look in automotive, it's logistics cost is usually about five percent of the revenue, right? Yeah. So so if you if you double it, it's ten percent. It's it's a problem. It's not like you, you're trying to give that money away. But it's not what kills you. What kills you is if you don't support that end customer, just like you said. If you shut down a plant, if life-saving products don't get to where they're supposed to, those are the real costs. That's the stuff that you have to worry about, not the <laughs> not the alternative uh, supply chain, as you mentioned it. Yep, that's, that's exactly right. So before you go, tell us a little bit what's going on over at Airspace. I know you guys are busy and booming, but tell us what's going on. How do we reach? Well, first off, who do you guys serve? Yeah, so uh, Joey, we um, the company started in 2016, really focused on the healthcare vertical. And we were working with a bunch of OPOs that were moving organs for transplant surgeries. And, you know, for me, look, this is, you know, you were asking me earlier, why did I join? One One quick reason why I did join is that you often tend to work at companies that like will claim to be saving the world. And that is just the Silicon Valley echo chamber, right? You're not <laughs> saving the world through, through better uh, payroll software. That is, that is, that is aspirational um, at best. But one of the things that really, really drew me to this company is that we're actually a part of saving lives. And the stories, Joey, that we hear, right. the feedback we get from our customers Right. When you can save a life, it is you're actually having an impact. And people often ask, right. well, how many lives? And I always tell them, that's it. That's if you can <laughs> save one. Right. That 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 means the world. And that is important to us. But as we launched the business in the healthcare vertical, to your point, we started getting pulled 
into other verticals because word started getting around. There's a new tech company. They have technology that can offer you real-time visibility, guaranteed accuracy, right? Guaranteed price quotes. And so we got pulled into automotive. We started getting pulled into high-tech manufacturing. We got pulled into semicon. Believe it or not, we got pulled into high fashion. Uh, there's a lot of time critical needs for you know some of the these these very kind of luxury fashion brands. And um, so today our business is pretty well spread between healthcare, automotive slash aviation, high-tech manufacturing, semicon, and fashion. Yeah. Well, it's interesting here in in I'm in Michigan and um close to all the automotive stuff, semiconductors are a shortage everywhere, but especially here. So we need those, but there's also, um, and it's been in the news a little bit, there's all sorts of pr- cars sitting in, in dealerships now missing critical parts that we don't have. So yep. the the OEMs, the big auto companies, are going out and saying, hey, I got that part, and I'm going to put it on at the dealer or ask the dealer to do it. I suspect the OEMs will want to manage that themselves, but that speaks to the critical nature of it. So they're spending a lot of extra money to send people from uh, an assembly plant to go out and work at a, a dealer. So why not spend a little extra to move those parts uh, air freight? And again, the real challenge isn't the extra cost. The real challenge is disappointing that end customer, especially if it's, again, a life, exactly, which is man. even more important than an automotive launch. <laughs> you know, that, that, that's definitely right. And, um, and you know, look, these are these things are different importance, right, to different folks. And, and, you know, as you think about the priorities, like you mentioned, Making sure that plant doesn't go down is is extremely extremely important, right? And and you got to make sure that the the longevity of your business uh, stays intact. But look, what are we up to at Airspace? The business is doubling every year. We are just trying to make sure that we have the right processes, right? That as we scale up dramatically, uh, we now have almost three hundred uh, global customers that we work with. That our support teams are being supported correctly as we're going through that. So, you know, we have this 24 seven operation, the proactive communication component we talked about, but anytime you're doubling revenue every year, you have to make sure that your product is coming along, the investment in your processes are coming along, whatever worked for you last year is probably not gonna work for you this year. So we're constantly iterating, we're constantly making sure that we're delivering the airspace experience to our customers as we're on this mission to own the air. Last thing I'll mention, you know, things to expect from us. Uh, We're expanding to Europe. We have um, recently launched our offices in Amsterdam, in Frankfurt, in Stockholm, in Paris. Uh, We have multiple offices here in the U.S. and Southern California and Dallas, which is one of the biggest logistics hubs in in the country. And uh, I would expect that in the next 12 to 18 months, you'll see us in the Asia Pacific region. That's, uh, That's something that we're super excited about. Very nice, very nice. Well, it sounds very, very impressive. So, Sad, it's it's it. Well, before I forget, don't tell the automotive guys that their launch is less important than <laughs> a life because they'll say they'll tell you otherwise. <laughs> anyway, I shouldn't joke, but they take it very seriously. So, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. What I'll do is I'll put a link to uh, your LinkedIn profile in the show notes. I'll also put a link to Airspace's website. One last thing. I know you're speaking at a few conferences or you guys are attending a few conferences. So which conferences are you guys going to be at? So, so we they can are, see you in person. Oh, that, that would be, that would be fantastic. You know, I think as the world is uh, coming out of um, 
COVID-19 here. Uh, we would love to see people in person, shake hands. We're certainly getting back in the rhythm. Uh, we were out seeing one of uh, one of the one of our customers, which is the one of the largest forwarders in the world, in Dallas, and we took uh, 12 people to the meeting, Joey, and they told us that's the cap. If, if like because of COVID policies, you can't bring more than 12. And I I was reflecting, the world is is kind of starting to move beyond this because six months ago it was zero people, right? That were that were allowed right. in in the office. Well, I can't imagine how hard it was for you to expand into Europe over the last year. My goodness, it's you know it's like scaling a technology company is hard enough, but just sprinkle in a little COVID nineteen just for fun to to make things more right, more complex. Right. Uh, Joey, there's going to be two conferences yeah. that we're going to be at within the next sixty days. The first is the CNS Partnership Conference. A lot of our airline partners are actually going to be at the show. We're both speaking. Uh, we're going to be doing a demo of our technology, our router, so you'll get to see some of the machine learning. We will also be at Logi Pharma, which is one of the biggest logistics shows for the pharmaceutical space. Um, we're going to have our chief technology officer because he does a much better job talking about the technology than I do. And so you'll hear it from the person who invented it himself. Excellent. Excellent. Saad, this is this is really eye opening. Again, I think the again, every six months or so, there's something brand new that I don't don't never heard of. And again, last year it was visibility over the ocean. Now it's visibility in the air. And again, I think this area is just really ripe for a better solution because I can tell you expediting is one of those things that is so nerve wracking already. And yeah. then to, to throw in the lack of visibility, the lack of transparency, the so many failure modes. So it's nice to see somebody from the, the West Coast jumping on this with some tech. <laughs> That's right, Joey. Thank, thank you so you. much. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I, you know, hopefully, uh, Hopefully you'll have me back again soon, but it was a pleasure. I sure will. I sure will. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support is very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn. <laughs>